Hello, dear friends. Once again, it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. And once again, we're so happy that you have joined together with us today, right in the middle of this pandemic and the pandemonium that it is creating and and uh, all of the uncertainties that it is bringing. It would be easy for us to be so distracted by all of the uncertainties in our world and maybe in our own personal lives today about what the future is going to hold right in the middle of this time of uh, of an, an, an all-important election that is coming up when so many things are crowding in. Let me say this to you today. Uh, I believe God wants us to continue our spiritual growth and continue His commission the Great Commission to go into all the world. I'm going to tell you today, it just occurred to me while I said that. You don't need His permission to keep the Great Commission. You don't need to pray about witnessing and sharing Jesus. You need to pray that we be enabled uh, to do it more. In fact, the Bible said that we're to pray the Lord of the harvest, that He would send laborers into the field. And when you pray that He would send laborers we stand up you got to stand up and make yourself available to God so growing spiritually is still on God's agenda the work of the Lord the propagation of the gospel doesn't come to a halt because of these kind of things that we're experiencing right now I believe we need to seize the day I believe the door to the ark is still wide open and I believe the spirit is saying come and the bride should be saying come and he that heareth let him come and drink of the river of life freely you know god would not close the book of revelation without an invitation to come to know jesus the last book of the bible has a final but but earnest invitation from the Lord to come and be saved. Let him that heareth say come and let him and and let the bride say come and let the church say come and let him that heareth say come and whosoever will let him come and drink of the river of life freely. God's grace is still reaching out today and so many people are open, more open now because of what's happening to the message of God's grace and His love, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ than ever before. And hence it's bringing us to this message. We're actually told to grow in grace and spiritual growth on our part is not to come to a screeching halt, but it is to continue as we grow in the Lord and then we go in the Lord to keep the Great Commission and we glow in Jesus Christ to let our light shine before men. Praise God. Friend of mine, I can't help it today. I am, I am highly optimistic about the future in terms of reaching the lost for Jesus, in terms of applying the grace of God to our situations right now. You know, the Bible said that His mercies are new every single morning. And because of His mercy, I believe that He is going to send us and send to us and through us a mighty, mighty wind.
of the Holy Spirit that we might get a second wind and a brand new vision to carry the gospel with a new sense of urgency and enthusiasm. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, we're going to talk to you about growing in grace. We're going to talk to you about the manifold grace of God. And we're going to read from two verses of Scripture, or two areas of Scripture, one verse and and several verses from two places in the New Testament on this teaching, the manifold grace of God. First, I'm going to read from 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. It says, And as every man received the gift, even so minister the same, one to another, as good stewards of the manifold, or manifold, manifold, I would say, grace of God. It's spelled M-A-N-I-F-O-L-D. You know, when I first saw that manifold, I thought of the, the, the fans that you open up, and they're all folded up until you open them like an accordion. And when you open them up, each fold... As you open it up, reveals another part of the beautiful, beautiful picture that is inside it. Every fold reveals some more of that picture. And as we begin to see more and more of the gifts of grace in our life, we're able to communicate more and more clearly the grace of God to others. Even as we minister to one another, Praise God. You know, the Apostle Paul talked about grace in his life. And and he said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Hallelujah. Praise God. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Now, if you hear some rumblings, uh, it's thunder. Uh, I'm in Tampa, Florida, and the thunderstorms don't stop uh, when I sit in my office and my, my studio is not soundproof. But that's okay. Uh, those rumblings will not override my voice and they sure won't override the word that I'm bringing to you today. Amen. The Bible speaks of God's grace as being manyfold. You know, you can read the Bible over and over and over again and something will unfold that you haven't seen previously. The Bible is a book that you can never completely uh, conquer in terms of, I don't care how many times you read it through. I don't care how many times you've read a particular passage. (laughs) If you just keep reading, you're going to see another fold open up. Sooner or later, you're going to say, wait a minute, I've, I've been reading this for years, but I never saw that. I never saw this. No, because it keeps unfolding and unfolding and unfolding. And that's the same way with the gifts of grace. Praise God. Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Because he had begun to see in his life in the midst of, of the persecutions that he was under, the the assault of the enemy using people and circumstances against him. And yet God told Paul, who prayed three times for all of these difficulties to be removed and all of these opposing forces to cease, my grace is sufficient 
for you. And when Paul discovered the sufficiency of God's grace, he quit praying to be delivered from trouble and pressure. Yeah, that, amen. Friend of mine, I want you to know today that God wants us to continue to develop spiritually so that we can be useful to Him, to be witnesses unto this great truth. Amen. That by grace you are saved through faith. It is the gift of God. <laughs> that is the greatest gift of grace of all when it begins to unfold. Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen, God loves you and I today so much, but He loves the world equally. The Scripture is very clear that God commendeth His love to us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And the logic of the cross is found in Romans 8 where it simply says, If He loved us enough, to give us His only begotten Son, how will He not also with Him freely give us all things? So we want to unfold the manifold grace of God. We will never complete it. But as we fold upon fold upon fold, there are even big oriental fans that you use as decorations on a wall and you see a beautiful pattern an intricate colorful beautiful pattern as you open it up more and more and and before you put it on the wall you want it to be wide open so every fold is showing the great beautiful portrait or painting that is inside Praise God. Amen. Listen, as we get deeper into an understanding and appreciation of and an appropriation of the manifold grace of God, we're going to find that grace to be sufficient. <laughs> Hallelujah. And when we do, we're going to be can-do Christians. And that's the reason. It wasn't just because of, of power alone, but the application an understanding and application of God's grace in his life. I may, brought him to the point, he said, I can do all things. Now, I'm Pentecostal through Christ who strengthens us. And, and if you read it in one translation, it talks about all of the power that is available to us through the Holy Spirit. While that is absolutely true, it is grace that allows that power to flow to us. No, nothing on our part qualifies us for that power apart from the grace of God that forgives us and saves us. And when we discover the sufficiency of grace, we'll be able to say, I can do all things. And when we say, I can do, it's not about the gifts of the Spirit. It's not about, I can preach under this heavy anointing, although I can through the Holy Spirit's anointing. It's not just because I can lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus and expect them to recover because of the power and person of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the authorization to use the name of Jesus. Amen. All of that is provided 
because grace has been granted and grace has been given. And the grace that he gives us is our sufficiency when we are weak and we feel overwhelmed and we sense our own inadequacies. When we are coming down to the end of our strength, we look to him for strength. And that strength is granted to us because of the grace of God that is given to us. Hallelujah. I want to say that again. Grace is granted to us so that the power and presence of God can be given to us. Praise God. Amen. So we're going to talk about these gifts of grace, the manifold grace of God. If you'll turn with me to Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Remember what Paul said when he discovered the sufficiency of God's grace? He said, I'm going to take pleasure in the pressure Literally, I'm going to take pleasure in persecutions and necessities and all of these things that I ask God to get out of the way so I can be more fruitful in my ministry. All of these these things that come against me. And God said, no, no, no. In essence, I prayed three times and, and, and heaven didn't respond to me. But then when God did respond... He said, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is perfected in weakness. And Paul's and Paul knew then why God didn't remove all of these things, but took him through and put him over in spite of all of these things. And because of the sufficiency of God's grace in Paul's life, the true strength was imparted to him. Because not of, of his holy resolve to stand, certainly he will to, or his holy resolve to overcome, but his humble dependence on God's grace. <laughs> Hallelujah. He dis then God's power and presence was infused into him, imparted to him, because grace allows for that. Praise God. Oh, friend of mine. Amen. Grace doesn't just allow us to go behind the veil into the presence of a holy God, but grace allows a holy God to come from behind the veil and, and come to live within you and live within me by the Holy Spirit and Christ to live within us. Hallelujah. Friend of mine, there is a sufficiency of God's grace to give us everything that we need, that to overcome any and every circumstance of life and every weakness of our own flesh. 
And then we can say with Paul of old, (laughs) I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And that all begins with the sufficiency of God's grace, not just the efficiency of God's power when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And too many times, Spirit-filled people feel like that since we've got such power, we're not in need of such grace. And honey, I want you to know that that's why some have fallen because they depended simply on their holy resolve and the power of God within them instead of the grace of God. Amen. Hallelujah. I've never seen anyone that was deep into the grace of God that didn't find the sufficiency they needed to overcome. Hallelujah. But I've seen quite a few people that certainly were anointed of the Holy Spirit, appointed of God and anointed of the Spirit. Amen. That that was not dependent upon God's grace, but because they were dependent on their own ability to stand instead of His grace to support them. Listen, when it says, I can do all things through Christ, it literally means I am equal to anything. Those things that overwhelm us, those things that threaten to absolutely defeat us because of our own weaknesses and inabilities to cope, Paul said, through Christ and the strength He grants, I can do. I am equal to all of these things. Because when I'm weak, I see my weakness. I sense my weakness. I understand my inability. I trust God's grace and find an all-sufficient God. Hallelujah. And an all-efficient Holy Spirit rising up within me in spite of my weakness. Praise God. Amen. Friend of mine, I want you to know that's what he's saying. I'll take pleasure in the things that so bothered me and bugged me and threatened to dissuade me and defeat me. Amen. That I ask God, just get all this stuff out of the way so I can go unencumbered and carry the gospel. Amen. And and God said, in essence, by not answering that prayer, no, that's not how I want you to deal with this. And when he did speak to him, he spoke to him in terms of the sufficiency of his grace. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Praise God. And Paul said, well, in that case, when I'm weak, then am I made strong. And that's when he decided once and for all, I'm equal to anything. In spite of my own inabilities, insufficiency of myself. And he began to talk different about such a mighty anointing on his life. Hallelujah. He said, not that we are sufficient as of anything, as of ourself. See, with all of these ministry gifts, the charismata that the apostles carried, Paul said, it's all because of grace. <laughs> Hallelujah. Our sufficiency is not of ourself, for our sufficiency is of the Lord. And what, what began all of that, 
that gave them everything they needed to face everything they would face, stand the test and overcome. Hallelujah. And carry the gospel in spite of all the opposition and persecution and, and threat of death and even martyr, many martyred while carrying it. My grace is sufficient for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. So Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Have you ever heard this term when you see someone bound by the devil and someone who understands the place and the power of grace and the preeminence of grace in our life saying, except for the grace of God, there go I. I'm, I'm not strong enough in and of myself. That's why Paul said, said we're not sufficient as of anything in ourselves. Our sufficiency is of the Lord. But they were all sufficient in His sufficiency. But it's His grace that opens the door for everything else we need in our life to stand in the day, in that evil day, having done all stand. Praise God. So we're talking about right here, position, peace, and privilege. The gifts of grace, the manifold gifts of grace are beginning to open up. Hallelujah. I'm going to read this again because it's so good. Let me start reading. Chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith. That's a position of right standing with God because we've been justified by faith faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand do you see the place of grace the fundamental foundation of grace in our life and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God and not only so but we glory in tribulations also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Number one, as we open up the manifold grace of God, we have a right standing with God. Right wise with God. That's what righteousness means. Hallelujah. And the Bible speaks of righteousness as a gift. The gift of righteousness. Abraham believed God and it was put to his account. Righteousness. Hallelujah. Therefore being justified by faith. One translation, really a paraphrase, says, Therefore, having been made right in God's sight by faith in His promises. I like the Amplified as well. It says, Therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and given right standing with God. Hallelujah. Justified in the Greek language is a powerful legal term dikau dikau and 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 it means to pronounce accept and treat as just as on the one hand not penally liable 
and on the other entitled to all the privileges due to those who have kept the law. Praise God. It is thus a forensic term denoting a judicial act of administering the law. In this case, by declaring a verdict of acquittal and so excluding all possibility of condemnation. Hallelujah. You see, justification settles the legal status of the person justified. Hallelujah. The high court of heaven has made a ruling. <laughs> and God is a just, he is just and a justifier of those who believe upon Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Friend of mine, we are made partakers of Christ. Remember, if we keep the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end, and, th and therefore they that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. This is not a revolving door, this faith in Christ as our Savior, this trust in Christ as our Savior. You don't, you're not a Christian one day and, and you're back in the world the next day. No, you are a Christian every day as long as you keep your, the beginning of your confidence steadfast in the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you find yourself falling away, confess your sin, repent of it, and be restored. But never, 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 amen. Try to use this wonderful, precious, powerful grace as a cover-up for our sin. That's not the purpose of grace. Amen. It's to provide the forgiveness and the strength we need to overcome. I like what Martin Luther said about it. He said, Now the article of justification, which is our sole defense, not only against all the force and craft of man, but also against the gates of hell is this, that by faith only in Christ and without works of our own, we are pronounced right and saved. Now that's not saying and he's not saying there are not corresponding works when we get saved. It's saying initially salvation is a gift from God. And right standing, righteousness, is a gift from God. And that is sustained and maintained as we keep our trust and confidence in God and in Christ. So the monumental gift of grace, therefore, grants to the believer a perfect standing with God, a provision of God's own mercy and not our merit. Thank God it comes that way. Thank God I'm saved by the grace of God. Thank God for the sufficiency of His grace. God's provided more than a legal pardon. He imparts Christ's righteousness and innocence to the one who believes on Jesus and repents of his sin. He not only forgives our sin, He gives us Christ's Righteousness. He takes our filthy robes to the cross with Him and is punished on the cross in full for our sin. So our sin debt is paid in full. But you know what He does? He doesn't just take our filthy robes. He gives us His righteous robe. The just suffering for the unjust. He that knew no sin 
became as a sinner, and he still never sinned, treated as a sinner our sins, and he took the punishment for them, for the sins of the world. He's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That's not universalism. Everyone can't be saved, won't be saved, unless we repent of our sin and trust Christ as our Savior. But the price has been paid. You don't have to be lost. No one need be lost. That's why there's an urgency to preach the gospel, not let this pandemic stop us from doing, keeping the Great Commission. We need to be working fervently and not be distracted, dissuaded, and above all discouraged by what is happening right now. The hour is late. The coming of the Lord is nigh. Many people are thinking about where they're going to spend eternity, realizing that things are not going to continue as it always have, and man doesn't have all the solutions for all the problems. Many people are thinking about their need for a Savior, and we need to seize the day. But we need to grab a hold of the sufficiency of grace, because we're going to need it. The enemy is going to fight this move of God that God is is reaching out right now. Praise God. And friend of mine, he's going to lose that battle because we can do all things through Christ which strengthen us. Hallelujah. Praise God. We have been justified. That, that's why the Bible said, Who is he that condemneth? What more shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8, it's so powerful. Who, 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 who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? If God be for us, who can be against us? Praise God. It is Christ that died. Amen. Why did he die? For our justification. Why was he raised from the dead? For our justification. It is God that justifieth based on the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Praise God. Friend of mine, I don't know about you, but I, I'm tired of the enemy distracting me from raising my eyes and looking on the fields that are white unto harvest. He'll try to disqualify you from praying effectively for the lost. He'll try to keep you so beat down and belittled that you do not declare the good news of Jesus to the people around you. And friend of mine, I, I don't know where you stand today, but I feel a stirring way down in my soul. And I feel like God is moving. And I, you know, I'm going on 74 years old. I've been pastor evangelist through to and through the Holy Church of God for 46 years and counting. And, and the devil has come to me many times and, and I, my own thinking has, has moved in that area. Uh, I've listened for a little bit when he has said, why don't you just pass the baton to some young enthusiastic, get a, 
go at it, preacher. They don't need you anymore. You've had your chance. You've had your time. In other words, just let them put you out to pasture. And honey, I'm I'm going to be put out to pasture, looks like. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. I feel a stirring in my soul. And I, I am, I, listen, I, oh man, let, let me close with this today. I'm running a little over time, but it, it's worth it. I believe it's worth it. I feel the Holy Ghost today. Praise God. Hallelujah. And when they're taking, when they're ready to take a new generation into the promised land, hallelujah. I love, I love the attitude of Joshua. Joshua and Caleb, they had a different spirit, the Bible said. Amen. He talked about his age. He's aging now. But when he looks over in the promised land, he said, age in my physical body has nothing to do with my spirit. Hallelujah. He said, God promised me that where I I tread, tread on my foot. You know what he had said? When everybody else said we can't have it and discouraged everybody, he said, we're well able to go over and possess it. Praise God. And that same spirit, because he had a different spirit. The spirit of faith is different than the spirit of fear. Amen. The spirit of faith is different than the spirit of timidity and trepidation. Praise God. And in the spirit of faith, he said, I'm just as able to go get it now as I was then. When we when the soldiers march across that river and take that land, I'm going to be right among them. Praise God. Friend of mine, I feel like God is not done with me. And if you're a minister out there and you feel like you're, you're, you've had your shot at it and it's too late, I believe in a last day revival, a last day in gathering of souls just before Jesus comes. And I feel the great, powerful, anointing of God, and I already have the grace of God sustaining me. Praise God. Hallelujah. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. Amen. And I am whatever I am by the grace of God. Today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior, the grace of God is available to you. The unmerited favor, the mercy of God is reaching out to you that provides the grace of God. And because of His unmerited favor, I know that He's calling you to salvation. I know that He's, at the same time He's convicting you of your sin, He's calling you to come to Christ and be forgiven and be saved and get the first fold of the manifold grace of God every sin forgiven every sin remitted and you saved and sealed until the day of redemption if you don't go back the devil cannot take you back hallelujah And you can overcome Him. And you can overcome the weaknesses of your flesh. And you can overcome the pull of the, and the current of the culture, the riptide of the culture. And you can 
love God and serve God and live for God and help others to come to know God and be ready for the coming of Jesus. And I pray you will come to Christ today. Don't run from Him. Run to Him and be saved. And today if you're a Christian and you feel inadequate and you feel overwhelmed and and you feel that sense of inadequacy. God wants you to be so filled with His Spirit and He wants you to know He's ready to give you everything you need because of the sufficiency of His grace in and toward your life. In Jesus' name, let's rise up and take the land for Christ.